0: Good afternoon and good evening, and welcome to this the latest HR on the Offensive podcast. It's Chris from Lace Partners, and it's a duet today. I am joined by one of our co-founders, Kathy Acrotopolo. Kathy, how are you doing?
1: Hi, Chris. How are you?
0: I'm all right. I'm all right. I say it's a duet, but we shall not be singing. I am hoping
1: not. Day. That wasn't on the plan, but if you <laughs> insist, <laughs> you can go first.
0: Yes, no, I don't think I've had enough of the <laughs> beverage with an alcoholic percentage variety in order to let my pipes uh, be spread out to the whole wide world right now. So we'll, why don't we focus on something else? Let's focus on a topic which is of great interest to us both, actually. And it's something that we talked about at LACE. Well, we always talk about LACE with our clients, but um, it's something that you and I wanted to just take half an hour to a chat about. And that's employer value proposition.
1: Yeah, absolutely. EVP. Yeah,
0: EVP. So what I wanted to do today is just get get your take on companies that are doing it right, companies that are doing it that what are they doing wrong, some questions HR we can HRDs can be asking themselves. But before we go into the nub of EVP and particularly how that's changed during the COVID period, should we start right at the beginning and just talk about what it actually is so that you can give people a little bit of a, a grounding?
1: Of course. Yeah, great. Thanks Chris. Um yeah, EVP. So what does it mean? So it's the employee value proposition. And I guess, you know, that that's going to mean different things to different people, but certainly from my perspective, the EVP, if you like, is the articulation of the deal. Okay? So if you're looking for a role with a new organization or you're already an employee within an organization, What is the offer from that business? Okay, Mm. so what can you expect from your time with that organisation? So in in essence, it's trying to spell out the reality of what working there will be like in a way that either attracts you as a candidate or keeps you engaged as an employee. That would be it in a nutshell. Why
0: is that so important, do you think?
1: Well, to me, there's a simple equation, right? So when I talk to my HRD um, clients, uh, I, I try and make the direct link between EVP and some business outcomes. So for me, the EVP is like the promise, right? It's the deal. So if you think about EVP being something that you either have formed an opinion on in the process of being attracted to join an organization, or you formed that opinion whilst you are an employee, right? But either way, you have a subjective view, if you like, of what you're expecting from the business that you work for. So that EVP is that promise. Then the reality, if you like, against that promise of what it really feels like to work there and what really is on offer, what that company gives you as, as, as you being part of it is the employee experience, right? So think about the EVP being the promise and the employee experience being the reality. Now, how those two things compare drives engagement. Okay, so to me, engagement is an outcome and what the engagement is driven by um, amongst a number of other things but is really is how that reality of the experience compares with the proposition i.e. the, the promise mm-hmm. so if you think about that as a simple equation you know if your experience that you have within an organization is greater than your expectation i.e. the evp the promise then your engagement levels are likely to be positive if the reality is that your experience is less than you were expecting then that engagement level may well be negative and that may in turn you know we know that engagement is directly linked to productivity you know to business outcomes so we're always as HR professionals trying to maximize the engagement levels because we know there's a direct link direct correlation between engagement and productivity and business results so by actually the importance of this is that you have to therefore actively manage promise, i.e. the expectation that you are setting with your candidate or your employee pool, and then also actively manage the experience so that at at the very least matches their expectations and ideally exceeds their expectations. So, you're achieving a positive engagement outcome.
0: Yeah. And – I think we talk to obviously lots of clients. Um, we see lots of businesses and we hear lots of buzzwords around um, EVP. One of my bugbears is people talking about employer brand and talking about employer, employer value proposition. Mm-hmm. Um, can you just talk to me about, about the distinguishable? Is between the two because I think so many people seem to just mesh these things together when actually they're two quite different things, aren't they?
1: It's it's a really good point, Chris, and it's and I, I share that sort of perception that that the two maybe see, are seen as synonymous when they're not, and I think this is also one of the challenges where EVP is maybe seen as something that's owned by your recruitment or your talent acquisition function or COE. Mm-hmm within the business. So, let's try and clarify the two, right? To me, as I say, the EVP sets out what you can expect. And, and therefore, in my view, the more tangible, the more objective you can make that, the better. And I'll come on to what I mean by that. Whereas the employer brand tends to be more about how you want to be perceived in the marketplace as an employer. And therefore, it can be more subjective, right? It might be quite emotive, it might be simple words, it might be graphics, it might be something that sort of sets the tone, the sort of cultural feelings that you want to engender in someone when they think about working for your organization. So to me, employer brand can be quite subjective, Whereas in reality, I'd quite like the EVP to be more objective because the more objective the EVP is, the more tangible it is, the more you are setting expectations to be realistic, right? And therefore, if you set expectations to be realistic, the more likely you are to achieve or exceed those expectations, Mm -hmm. Whereas if you are looking at this as a a brand proposition, and I know you're, you know, you're marketing director, right, so this is something Mm -hmm. close to your heart. But if you think about it from a marketing point of view, that may be more about feelings, emotions, what you're trying to help someone associate with your organization, as opposed to real tangible aspects of what it means to work there. So I think that both of them are very important. But I think actually some of the risks of positioning EVP as a as I guess a set of outcomes or promises that you make to an individual purely within talent acquisition is that that it can be treated just as the employment brand. If you like the employer brand in the marketplace and not be tangible enough to somebody to really set firm, realistic expectations that you can then hopefully match or exceed by the experience that you actually offer somebody when they work for you. And therefore, I also think that the the employment brand or employer brand tends to focus on external perceptions, i.e. pools of candidates, and doesn't tend to reflect on your employees within the organization who have already joined. Whereas I think to me, EVP is relevant to both populations and equally important to get right for both populations. So, for example, you know, your, your brand might be saying something like, you know, we're inclusive, we'll support your career, we'll help you achieve your goals. We'll, you know, we, we it will be a positive working experience, all of which it may well be, but how you interpret that as in a candidate or an employee can be very different, right, in mm-hmm. terms of the reality and therefore your expectations may actually be greater than the reality. And that's what we're trying to avoid, right? We're trying to avoid people making accurate decisions or, or informed decisions about organizations they want to work for. And then you being able to deliver on those promises and those expectations so that your retention rate in year one is maximized, but also that as an employee population, they also understand what's on offer to them and that you are either matching or exceeding those expectations as well. And they maybe have formed those opinions by having an EVP that is, very tangible and clearly articulated because if you think mm-hmm. about it right your your candidates are getting get that where are they going to build this sort of perception of what what their offer is they're going to build it from reading things about your organization right so your website Glassdoor, whatever else you know they're looking at in terms of their research they're going to get it from people who interview them right whether that's an agency or whether that's actual people within your own organization who are hiring and they're going to get it from maybe talking to other candidates you know if they're in in hopefully in the days when we can actually mix again um you know they may be in, in an environment where they can talk face to face with other people who are going through the experience as well let's say if it was an assessment center for example but But ultimately, they're going to form their opinions through those routes, whereas an employee is going to form their opinions based on what their line manager tells them or what they hear in the workplace, you know, their peers, what their peers are saying about about what it's like to work here and what experience they're having, as well as maybe what they're getting from leadership in terms of the messaging that comes out and, and, you know, just that general uh, messaging that they're going to get on the internal communications channels as well. And all of those things will help to form expectations. And all I'm saying is that to me, EVP actually should be a tangible, written down, articulated set of promises within the deal so that there is no ambiguity, Mm. right? We're removing ambiguity so expectations are set and managed and then delivered upon through the experience that you offer.
0: Yeah, and I think the key bit for me as well is around the communication side of it Mm -hmm. so being able to properly as you said articulate that is really really valuable particularly to the to the employee side in my head i was just thinking as you were talking there this this isn't strictly true but it's just what popped into my head employees quite often don't really care so much about or they may not care so much about the employer brand side of it i.e how are we being positioned um, externally it's because so so getting that So getting yourself confused by by meshing, well, we've got a decent employer brand or, you know, this is this is what what our proposition is internally. But without properly communicating, that is going to be a big issue in terms of long term retention, isn't it?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And let's be very clear. uh, I've worked with a lot of organizations over the last however many years I've been consulting. And it's rare for me to find an organization that has expressly articulated the deal, if you like, the EVP in a way that would manage expectations on most fronts, right?
0: Mm. Most
1: organizations treat it as a brand. Most organizations therefore keep it at relatively high level and relatively open to interpretation. Okay. Yeah. And and you know, that that's fine from an employer brand point of view in terms of setting expectations externally, but the reality is that most organizations also suffer from quite high turnover rates in their first year of people joining the organization. And why is that? It's normally because the reality doesn't match up to the promise. Okay. So the mm. experience you're offering doesn't match up to the promise, or the individuals obviously made a mistake, right, in terms of, of choosing a, a role that just isn't right for them. But but quite often it's because what they thought they were getting isn't actually what they then experience. So mm. how can we make that more explicit? You know, there's benefits to doing this in terms of reduction of first year um, attrition rates, but also in terms of those engagement levels that I talked about, right? In terms of maximizing the wow factors so that when you've promised something, you actually deliver on it. And ideally you exceed, mm. you know, the, the expectation that's been set. So what sort of things could we be talking about here? So as I say, it's rare for me to come across an organization that articulates this, but I do think it's a challenge for HRDs out there to ask themselves how explicit are we you know are we actually just communicating a brand or are we actually managing expectations in a way that enables us to maximize both engagement and retention so for example if you were if you were uh, in your employee brand talking about how how supportive you are of someone's career development. You know, join us and you can have all these exciting careers, right? Okay, what does that mean in practice? So if we were being tangible within an employee employee value proposition, maybe we talk about the fact that we advertise all our internal job opportunities, right? Mm -hmm. So you would have equal opportunity to understand what opportunities are available and then apply for them, okay? Maybe it would be something around the fact that we will give you, Monthly career advice and support through either your line manager or, or maybe a more specialist function that can help you build out your career plan. Okay, so you, maybe that's part of the of the deal is that you'll get regular input, guidance, and advice on your career plan, and that will be documented and it will be visible. Okay, maybe it will be something along the lines of we will give you regular feedback, and as an employee, you can expect to achieve that, receive that constructive feedback on this frequency level, you know, Mm -hmm. so maybe that's monthly, maybe it's real time, maybe it's every twice a year, you know, you sit in a more traditional sort of performance management cycle. But you can be quite tangible, right, to set those expectations that that would mean that someone would know when you say, you've got great career opportunities with our organization, what the reality might look like, and then they can see actually how that might actually benefit them um, (laughs) as an individual um, within that organization. So hopefully that brings it to life a little bit. What I mean by sort of managing the subjectivity, making it objective rather than subjective on a very practical level. And you can apply that to any aspect of what you might see in an employer brand, you know, in terms of what does that mean in practice? What should I as an employee expect? Another element might be training, right? Learning support. You know, how many employers are explicit about how much time an individual can set aside to participate in training whether they might have access to a coach for example maybe even be more explicit how much training budget is set aside for you as an employee you know how much as an organization we will give you in terms of time and money to focus on your own personal development or or progress your career goals within the organization so, there's a lot of ways that you can make it quite tangible. And, and to me, the more explicit, the better, um, mm. because you are managing expectations and therefore, you know, someone's coming in with their eyes open. And also from an employee base, rather than a candidate base, you're actually being explicit about what an individual can expect, rather than that individual maybe absorbing that through less formal channels and maybe making incorrect or, or setting incorrect, inaccurate expectations about what they want, what they, what they think they'll get from the organization.
0: Yeah, it's like you said, it's about getting the deal. What is the deal? What is the deal for me? And how quickly is the organization that I'm joining or the organization that I've been part of for a while, how quickly and how easily do they explain that to me? Because people, and you need to be able to articulate that effectively because you've got people at all different levels of the organization that want to know about what the deal is. So that's I think that's a that's a really key thing too. And I want to kind of move us on to talking specifically about the evolution within a business of EVP because I think there's probably also a danger, and I'd just like you to elaborate this on a little bit if that's if that's all right. There's also a danger of businesses almost thinking I was going to say kind of treating it like a tick box exercise, i.e. we've done the work, we've done the background, you know, we've set out our EVP, you know, we're done, that's it, move on. But it's an ever evolving beast, isn't it? And particularly in the last year where we've had the COVID situation and you and I were just talking off air, there was a people management article which came out in January talking out. It was a, it looked at a, a benefits and trends survey that was done by A on, and what they were talking about in that in that article was how businesses are have, having to reevaluate their EVP in light of the the global pandemic of two thousand and twenty, and that's now rolling into twenty twenty one. So, if you can just sort of elaborate your thoughts in terms of why it should be an ever changing, and ever moving beast, as I described it.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think that that. The danger here, right, as you say, is is that an EVP or an employer brand is seen as a as an exercise that you do maybe once every few years, and mm. and it's done right and and therefore a bit like your marketing brand right chris and i know you do a lot of work on lace's brand and how we evolve that and and that there's you know there's something that's done and you might tweak it over time but you don't expect it to fundamentally change you know okay. and maybe you'll do a refresh every 3 years let's say to, or or whatever in terms of the, the organizational change curve if you like in terms of the cycle it's on EVP is different to that. And that's what I'm saying. If it's really, if you've made it really tangible and really explicit, it can't stagnate because actually the way you, the, the offer that you're making to your employees, the way you help them um, learn, the way you help them with their careers, the way that you recognize them, you reward them is likely to change year on year because that's what we do, right? As HR teams, we, we look at how we can improve and, and improve the experience that we're offering. So these things are relevant. Are never static, and therefore the EVP itself should not be static. So there's that aspect of it in terms of just business as usual, you know, I wouldn't expect it to be a constant, especially if you're making it more objective than subjective. But the second point you raise is really important, you know, ultimately what an employee values and what a candidate values has changed significantly and is changing, right, as a result of coronavirus pandemic. You know, we know, and we've seen the research. You know, Gartner issued a report um, in January as well, along the lines of the one you've just described about how, you know, the trends for the next year and and where requirements and demands from the workforce are changing, and how how HR trends need to to, to reflect that. But if we just think about EVP and and it, what is it? What is it trying to do? It's trying to sum up what the deal is for an organization that an organization is offering its employees now fundamentally employees value what an employee values is changing as a result of what we've all been through over the last mm-hmm. 10 months you know so the focus on well-being you know how how focused is my employer on my well-being my personal well-being how much have they supported me over the last period during the pandemic and and how much support can i expect from my employer going forward you know that the flexibility of work and and what I, um, how I operate and the way and where I do my work and the way I am monitored and in communicated with over that period. You know, that's changing. Expectations are changing linked to that sort of the way my mental health is supported as an organization. How much do I see that being valued by my organization? And they're not linked to the pandemic, but another shift over the last 12 months um, with the Black Lives Matter campaign. And, you know, a lot of of C-suite execs now are actually looking at how they can Really accelerate their diversity and inclusion approaches, which were always there, but I think there's an increased executive focus on the recognition of the value of, of, of diversity and the value it can bring to your organization. And therefore, you know, there's an increasing focus from an employee point of view as well, I think, on how inclusive is my employer? How much are they actually enabling me to work in an inclusive environment with inclusive teams that maybe represent our client base more than they ever have done before? So I think the value levers, if you like, the thing and a uh, thing and things an employee or a candidate holds dear to them, are shifting, and unless an organisation is shifting the EVP to match that, then I think you're you're going to be missing out on hitting the hotspots, if you like, of what employees and candidates want from their organisation, and going back to that simple equation at the beginning, you know, if the employee value proposition isn't aligned to what uh, an an individual holds dear to them, then, you know, they may have expectations that are not being met. And therefore, their experience within the organisation is not hitting the right spot for them. And therefore, ultimately, there will be a mismatch between what is being promised or, or what they expect And therefore, engagement will suffer. And if engagement Mm. suffers, business results will suffer.
0: Do you think that we might see some kind of a sort of rapid movement of people then as we start to get out of this period we're in at the moment where everyone's kind of just hunkered down and it's like, let's just get through this. And, you know, people are being made redundant, people are losing their jobs. Do you think that perhaps in a year's time or so, we're going to get to a point where there's quite a a lot of movement in the market as a result of people and the poor planning of um, businesses EVP.
1: I I genuinely think there will be, Chris. I think it's going to be a busy time when things stabilise again and people can actually make career decisions again, job decisions. I think there's on two fronts, really. One is that there's been a a pent-up period of no movement, right? Because of, Mm -hmm. of COVID, you know, people have deferred Changing their jobs, they've deferred moving somewhere new because of the risks involved in that, right? You, do, you know, yeah. first in, you know, you may we may then be um, first out in terms of yeah. oh, sorry, last in, first out in terms of you know the more traditional view of of how to manage um, downsizing. But but ultimately, there is that that risk that if I'm moving, you know, why would I take a risk and move jobs right now when everything outside of my own personal control is unpredictable? So it's that I think there's pent up demand for people to move who have been waiting over this period, deferring their decision to leave an organization. The second aspect. I think, will be in response to how they feel they have been, the experience they've had, right, from their employer over this period. And when we first entered into the lockdown, that first time around March last year, you know, we, we introduced our 12-point plan as to how to navigate through the pandemic. And it's interesting looking back on it, you know, we created that right at the beginning before we knew what was coming, but how relevant every step of that plan is now. Mm-hmm. Um, because actually, you know, part of that was, as you emerge from the pandemic as we're all sort of hoping to happen over the coming months the way in which you have behaved towards your employees over this period will directly impact the likelihood of them staying with you or moving on and I think therefore there will be people who've been through this experience and actually feel that they've not been treated well or that their own expectations of what good looks like from their employer has shifted and their own employer is not matching up. Okay, so there's a variety of reasons why they may feel that now is the right time or or let's say three months time is the right time to move on. Therefore, in my view, it's never been a better time. In fact, it's probably a critical time for HR directors to now reflect on their EVP to see it as more than that employer brand, make it tangible, make it um, objective rather than subjective. But to reflect on, actually, we should be resetting this and recommunicating this in very explicit terms to our employee base, not just the candidate base from an employer brand. Mm-hmm. Because unless we can now clearly articulate what the deal is going forward our employees may feel that actually, you know, it's not shifted, right? We've not shifted with how their own their own sort of what's important to them has shifted over this period. So I think it's really critical now that HRDs take that time to say, how do we now need to reset our EVP, which I know a lot of people are doing, right? But the, the second point is how we make that tangible and explicit enough that an employee really knows what will be different for them once you know, once we emerge from from the pandemic, um, mm. once lockdown is released and, and we can go back to whatever whatever it looks like beyond that. Yeah. Um, but ultimately, I think that 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 need to be explicit is really quite urgent now because I think there is a risk, as you said at the beginning here, yeah, that we may find that employees make decisions to move on if we're not on the front foot with communicating what the deal is going forward, and if mm. that deal doesn't align to what people now hold us valuable to
0: them yeah okay so we're just coming towards the end of uh, today's podcast so i just wanted you to go into your sort of jerry springer mode <laughs> some final thoughts if, if, if there's anything i guess what we want hr directors to take from this if there are any questions that we want them to be asking themselves that you haven't obviously already mentioned about you know reassessing the deal and, and things like that uh, is there anything that you'd just like to leave our wonderful listeners with just to, just yeah, before we absolutely. wrap up to today
1: Absolutely, and some of this is a summary, right, Chris? It's, it's questions to ask yourself, I guess. Um, yeah. But ultimately, you know, I think I think um, HR teams need to ask themselves where where the ownership of EVP sits within their function. Um, if it's within TA. Well, that doesn't mean that's not the right answer, but maybe the fo- the focus there is on employer brand rather than EVP. And are they clear on, on actually how tangible that brand is? Does it really articulate itself in a way that makes it clear to an individual what expectations they should have coming into the organization? And actually, if it sits within TA, how do we actually get that out to our employees in a way that is clearly communicated? So first question is, where does the ownership sit and if it's within TA, just challenge yourself as to whether that's the right place and how you can act. Because in reality, right, who's accountable for delivering on the EVP? It's the whole of the HR function combined with all the line managers that sit within the business who actually interact with employees every day. Right. So, so you know, we need to think about ownership. I think that, you know, then secondly, linked to that is how visible your EVP is. To both employees as well as candidates Mm -hmm. so making sure that there's clear communication and I think you know it needs to be clear and it needs to be now in terms of making sure that everyone has their expectations managed and hopefully positive expectations set around what it will be like to work for that business going forward and and within that how tangible is the deal Right. So challenge yourself on just how tangible you are making it for people to really understand the reality so that as far as possible, the reality of the experience matches the expectations or exceeds the expectations. And then I guess, you know, ultimately, how much does your value proposition need to shift? OK, so taking account of how the deal, if you like, the, what, what an employee now values most does your employee value proposition need to change to really hit the spot of what a candidate and employee will really be looking for from their employer going forward? So if you're not already reviewing your EVP and how you communicate it and how explicit you make it, how tangible you make it, now is a good time to do that. You know, as we get set for a recovery coming out of, of the pandemic, I think we need to be on the front foot with what the deal is and why it's compelling and is it relevant in today's market given the experience we've all been through over the last 9 10 months.
0: Brilliant. Once again as always lovely to have you on giving us your wise words on all things EVP. I know it's a particular passion point of yours it is. So absolutely. When we were talking when we were talking as a team what sort of things could we be to, what sort of things can we be talking about this year? Your hand was straight up saying EVP EVP I want to have that conversation <laughs> about EVP. So Kathy uh, once again thank you very much for coming on.
1: It was a pleasure, Chris. A pleasure. And um, look forward to talking about something um, new again over the coming months.
0: Don't we all. Don't we all. Thank you very much for listening. Um, we'll catch you again next time on the of The Offensive podcast. Goodbye. Yeah.